This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. Today we're going to have a wonderful show. We're going to be talking about social anxiety, hypersensitivity, and from a great panel of guests. Welcome to Moments of Clarity with Tiffany Werner, licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida. Moments of Clarity's mission is to educate and end the stigma on mental health through the inspirational stories of our exceptional guests on Facebook and Twitter at MOC with Tiffany. Now, here's Tiffany Werner. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening. This is Moments of Clarity. My name's Tiffany Werner, and I am a licensed mental health counselor, and I'm your host. And today we're going to have a wonderful show. We're going to be talking about social anxiety, hypersensitivity, and from a great panel of guests. First, I want to say hi to Ed behind the glass, who's always helping me run the radio. Hey, Ed. Hey. We, we got a crowd today. You must be serving drinks today or something. <laughs> Eat it out of this cake. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's always a party. I like having a lot of good friends around me, so... You know, and if we can't social distance, I mean, I, I think we're social distancing enough, you know. Yeah, you can't get, that, any more yeah. Di- can't get any more distance than this. I know. Well, <laughs> and, and if one's in the UK, one's in Colorado, one's in North Carolina, one's in Puerto Rico. So I think we're like far apart enough, you know, and you're in the studio. <laughs> so, yeah, but hopefully the weather's on our side. It's been raining here, so hopefully the Wi-Fi doesn't really impact There's a little the bit show. There's a little, little bit of in the break, break in the weather right now. Yeah. Well, you never know with technology, at least on my end. But um, we're going to have a great show today. And so thanks for all you do, Ed. You're and, welcome. And, um, and so for also Building Beyond Me, he's doing the special effects, Ryan, from Building Beyond Me. He's in Puerto Rico. And um, and so anyway, so we are on live radio today. So you're welcome to call in for you listening out there. Um, 866-826-1340. 866-826-1340 at any time. You can still call in live. Ed will patch you in and um, it's a live show for the next hour. 866-826-1340. Especially if you're struggling with social anxiety, this would be a good way to maybe take a baby step and break out of your comfort zone to call in. 866-826-1340. Okay, so so I would like to formally introduce all of you and then kind of go at a time on how how social anxiety has affected and impacted you. I want to first start with James Prescott. Let me just introduce you guys first, and then I'm going to give you a chance to talk, okay? So James Prescott, he's the host of Poema Podcast. He's from the United Kingdom, England, London, London, and um, he's been a published author and um, reaching out to mental health for years and it's a wonderful person altogether, but definitely been on the show a few times talking about hypersensitivity and social anxiety, and I um, appreciate him. Also, David Aguilera, we have as an MOC team member, he also founded the group Beautiful Minds and has lived with social anxiety and um, and is here to share. And, and I also wanted to mention how hard it is for people with hypersensitivity and social anxiety to do this, so I really applaud you guys for doing this as well. And then as well, Kirk Patrick Miller, he's, he's on the show um, Tuesday, but a um, two-time published author and lives with a quad diagnosis. He says, well, I think there's more than this four. <laughs> Just kidding. No, <laughs> no um, and 
and um, obsessive compulsive disorder, which also leads to social anxiety, especially during this pandemic. So we're going to talk an interesting conversation, especially how this pandemic has really impacted and encouraged um, social anxiety. And for myself included, I'm the host, and so um, I am completely an extrovert person. I mean, I love hugs. I love large gatherings of people. And all of that's slowly changing lately. And we're going to talk about how that's impacted. What's going on today has impacted people that didn't have social anxiety, but getting a little uncomfortable out in public, too. So, okay, let's, um, where shall we begin? So this We'll start with you, James, um, a little bit about your history and how you grew up with some anxiety and, um, and like, let's yeah. just do like five minutes each so everybody can say something and then we'll just dialogue. Is that okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just want to acknowledge what's going on in the world for <laughs> just, just before I start. Um, um, this has been a week of a um, lot of anxiety and trauma and grief for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, um, and yeah, there's lots of things wrong in the world. Systemic racism is 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 real and it's happening, and we and we wanted to do our part in unlearning um, white privilege and the systems that have created um, the oppression that's going on and the things that happened in the last week. So I want to just acknowledge that first. Yeah. Also, wait. On that note, really quick, not to interrupt, but I'm curious to stay on topic. What's it like over in the UK watching the news of what's going on over here in America? I think are you guys seeing all that over there? Of course you are. We're all seeing it, and there's protests over here as well. Oh, uh, there's protests over there too? The problem here, it's a, the systemic racism is, is a problem everywhere. Um, it's a problem here. Um, we're not having the um, quite the violence that is happening in America, but you know there are big protests happening. Huh. Um, so... So yeah. not everyone knows that. They don't seem to show that here, you know, but, you know, people's words are, you know, the, that means you get the good protesters that aren't causing the riots that are just really trying to make a point and mm -hmm. that it's spread, it's spreading across the world. Um, yeah. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of, it's great to know that the peaceful ones are, yeah, know, standing by each other. Yeah. The other rioters, I don't think that they're even involved with the protest. <laughs> To be honest, I think they're just taking advantage of it, but that's my thing. Yeah. So I wanted to just okay. just, just say, just acknowledge that because it's important. Um, but in terms of my own story of social anxiety, um, I've always been highly sensitive. I was quite shy growing up. Um, so, and I went through kind of a big childhood trauma where I was neglected and my needs were not met. So I didn't, really, and there was no awareness about mental health the way there is now. Uh, and even now it's not enough but it, it, there was nothing at all then uh, and so I didn't really learn about being on the autistic spectrum or being highly sensitive and what that meant uh, and so I always struggled to pick up social cues um, I had to teach myself how to do it basically uh, I had to all through my 20s basically I was teaching myself how to how to pick up cues and what cues meant and you know asking people that I trusted um, and I had to learn it um, and I still have to. I still have to pick it out. I'm a lot better now because I'm more in tune with my t intuition, which has kind of helped. Mm -hmm. But um, and because I've just learned in my head. Uh, hey James, <laughs> can you speak up, please, like, a little louder? Yeah, sorry. Um, because I've because I've just learned in my head what 
those cues are. But even then, sometimes it's difficult. Even then, sometimes there's body language that you don't quite get. Especially when, in, actually for me, the biggest struggle now is when I'm dating people, um, picking up those kind of cues or when I'm, you know, that, that's actually, that's a big deal for people who can't pick up social cues is, to, you know, when you're out with somebody, um, kind of sensing how it's going. And that happened, but, but yeah, it's, it's difficult to explain to people who haven't experienced it because to most people, it's just natural and normal to pick up social cues. And they do it almost without even thinking. But when you can't, when you don't have that ability, it's a real battle. Um, it's a real battle and it's and you can get things wrong and you can look socially awkward and you can you know um, end up being embarrassed because just and it's not your fault because it's because you just don't pick up cues in the same way that everybody else does mm-hmm. and it's important that we acknowledge that and we learn how to respond to that and that you know if we have friends who are on the autistic spectrum or are highly sensitive or for whatever reason can't pick up social cues we have to be understanding of that um, and have grace with that and try and support them as well because um, you know in a non-patronizing kind of way but in a in a kind of helpful way um, and and the first step of that of course is acknowledging that, that, it, that it exists so um, and that there are people out there who can't pick up social cues and might come across badly but actually they just don't they're just not picking things up and that's um and they're doing their best but it's a it's a conscious requires <coughs> emotional energy and physical energy to, to to pick up for some people it's not mm-hmm. just intuitive yeah and like um i've known you for years james and kind of got used to like just having to clarify things because with hypersensitivity you know what i mean when yeah. you when you care about somebody that's struggling with that and they get their feelings hurt easy you know it's also um it's also important to to just take the time to clarify things because their feelings can like run away with from them and they can easily misunderstand because they think i mean with james you think there's misunderstandings often just because of your insecurities or the way you think that somebody's coming out or someone left you out or something happened. And then like, then I'll just clarify and be like, no, that's not what happened. And you're like, oh, okay. But if I, I don't respond sometimes in a timely manner, I think I turned my phone off one day and you thought I was mad at you and it ran with you. And like, and I think it was Easter Sunday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, been, yeah. And you're like, what's wrong with Tiffany? She's not responding. And I like, turned it off to be, you know, celebrate the holiday but um but that's what i mean and i love you for it it's not like that but i have to be mindful as your friend to make sure that i don't let you suffer by yourself wondering what you've done or anything like that because mm-hmm. because i don't want you worrying about something you don't need to worry about too you know so yeah. i mean it just takes a second you know I mean, other people would be like oh my gosh right but it just takes a second for us to just clear the air and, you know, and then everything's fine, you know, but that's, um, that's one thing that happens, you know, and, and when you are friends with people that are social, socially anxious to know the cues and to know that they just need some reassurance, 
and it helps so much reassurance comfort explanation so they understand and you know it's really easy to do ed did you have something to say what james was saying and i've said this quite a few times you know back in the old days we used to pick up the phone or see somebody in person and express their feelings or get her point across whatever now with the electronic stuff of an email or a text it's so easy to misinterpret a a tone of voice or a meaning that you you can't get from the actual voice to voice face to face deal yeah i mean if you if you type all caps then you really got somebody on uproar <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. If you accidentally are on caps lock, people will misunderstand and think you're yelling at them. Right. And I just accidentally <laughs> hit the caps lock on it. So. Right. And and like some people don't look at the screen while typing. I'm, right. I'm guilty of that. And so you're typing down, and it's all in caps, and you don't want to retype everything, so you just let it go. And people are like, "What are you yelling at me for?" <laughs> but like, what James, but what James is saying, I've I've even felt that way that sometimes you can you can put an email down or a text down and go, hmm. Am I in trouble or did I do that? Or, you know, and then you go a long while and you wonder, and finally you pick up the phone and you clear it up that way. Mm. Absolutely. I've done that so often. That is, I was going to mention that as well. This, 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 this kind of social cues problem can apply on social media as well. It can, you know, you can sometimes not quite pick up what people mean when they're saying something or, you know, yeah, like you say, you get an email or a message and you're not quite sure what the, yeah. the tone is or what they're, they're really saying. Uh, and so you can, especially if you're an overthinker, and I'm an overthinker, um, is that you can start to overthink everything and build up something where there isn't there. And all because you're just not sure what they're, exactly what they're saying. Uh, Which is really funny. Learn to overcome over time because I'm a lot better now. Uh, and, I've, and again, getting more in touch with your intuition is a really good thing to do. I've uh, always found go with your first thought because when you start overthinking, you usually go back to your first thought anyway. And your third, yeah. your, your gut feeling was usually the right one. Oh my gosh, there was a time where I thought my font was pretty and bold in caps. And I used like one of those fancy fonts. Everyone back in the day thought I was, they were like, <laughs> they don't know my tone at all because it was like, I don't know, one of those witchcraft, like, but it was all in black. It was all in capitals, no matter if you didn't or not. I don't know, just, and then I would make it in bold and yellow. I don't know, just, I must have come across really confusing. I went here with David and Kirk had to say, thank you guys for your input, but it's time for our first break. And we will be back with Moments of Clarity in just a moment. Please stay tuned. We'll be back. You're listening to Moments of Clarity with Tiffany Werner. Tiffany will be right back after this. This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. You can change your life by changing the way you think about your money. You must learn how to make more money, save more money, grow your money, and protect your money. Forever Forward Financial specializes in teaching you these four money skills. Please call us today at 727-422-7761 to schedule your complimentary no obligation meeting. Hi, this is Tiffany Warner, your host of Moments of Clarity. Living with a mental health disorder is not easy. If you or someone you know are struggling with this, please know it's so important to seek treatment 
and I'm here to help. Please visit the website at momentsofclaritywithtiffany.com to view blog posts and resources on this site to help educate and inspire you to take action because there's no shame in seeking help for mental health. While you're there, please take a few seconds to sign up for my email list. You'll get some extremely valuable educational and entertaining content that can be sent right to your inbox each week. Plus, you'll also get instant and free access to my guide on managing your anxiety. You can also follow me on Twitter at MOC with Tiffany and at Facebook at Tiffany Warner. And once again, the website is momentsofclaritywithtiffany.com. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to your show because change can only come when we stand together as one. This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. We are back to Moments of Clarity with Tiffany Werner. Hi, and welcome back. And if you're just tuning in, this is Moments of Clarity. And my name is Tiffany Warner. I am a licensed mental health counselor. And I'm your host. And we're on a live radio show with some great guests here. And, um, and we're talking about social anxiety and hypersensitivity and all sorts of things that are going on in the world that can be also escalating some of these things. And um, if you just missed the first part, James Prescott just gave some really good insight. And um, welcome back, James, David Aguilera, and Kirk Miller. And um, I also, you guys can call in. It's a live show for the next hour, 866-826-1340. 866-826-1340. We're on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter, and um, 866-826-1340. And uh, appreciate all of you that are here watching, unless you're supposed to be sleeping. 866-826-1340. Anyway, um, okay, so David, I would like to start with you. And um, and and how has, let's start from the beginning. How has social anxiety impacted your life? Well, um, I've always had emotional difficulties and being hypersensitive all my life. And uh, I was in special education from the time I was a little kid uh, up until high school. And so um, I was bullied. And I think that created a lot of the problems with social anxiety, being judged, being mocked, feeling different, um, and not feeling protected by the people who were supposed to protect me. And so that's kind of spilled into adulthood. So uh, I have difficulties being in large groups of people. I feel judged. Uh, I feel like... um, I don't know what to say. I overthink. So like, for example, if I go to a large event, I will obsess about it beforehand during, and then especially after, like I'll replay it. Like, I can't believe I said that, or that person didn't like me, or I don't like the way the person looked at me. And so um, I have this sort of social paranoia, as I call it. So nobody likes me in my head. No one likes me. I'm annoying everybody. Um, to the point where I, I, and I don't actually confront people. So I keep it inside, but I feel as though um, people are pushing me away. I feel like people aren't my friends. So I question friendships quite a lot. Um, James does that too. Yeah. Particularly. That's what we were talking about earlier. James so much. So particularly um, online, because we were talking about online communication. Um, You don't know what's happening with the person that you're talking to behind the scenes. So somebody may not be able to get back to me for two days or a week. And you start thinking that person doesn't like me. What did I say? Did I, am I annoying them somehow? Um, 
and nine times out of 10, something's going on with them and they just weren't able to get back to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm feeling that anxiety because, you know, I'm feeling like I'm such a bad person. You know, I, I'm such an irritating person. This person is so sick of me. They don't want to be friends with me anymore. And it's constant overthinking, constant anxiety. And I make videos on Facebook and I don't know how I do it, to be perfectly honest. Um, it took a lot of practice. Um, and I have physical problems, I think, associated to the anxiety, I have really bad stomach problems. And that comes into play as well with the social anxiety, like, okay, where are the bathrooms? I'm not feeling very good. You know, so I'm, I'm constantly on alert mode. So people may think that I'm upset when I'm really not upset. I'm just not feeling good or I'm anxious about, uh, uh, you know, how's my body going to react? And particularly James mentioned dating. Dating is really difficult for me. Um, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to engage in conversation. Um, I don't know about social cues. Um, I'm sure I'm on the spectrum. So I'm very bad about social cues. I'm very bad about... When you say the spectrum, like, you know, something with Asperger's or autism or... Definitely say, yes. Something like that. Do you think... Well, yeah, I've had um, people talk about autism on the show before, especially, and what it's like to live with that and that, you know, dating one-on-one and -hmm. and social cues are are very difficult for someone that has that diagnosis, but... Sure, sure. I tend to... But insecurities oh. as well. I mean, with the anxiety oh, yes. and and yes. feeling like, oh my gosh, am I going to say something stupid? Mm-hmm. First impressions. Mm-hmm. First impressions are awful. Of course, <laughs> it's like comparing myself. Like I'm not that guy. Like I'm thinking in my head, I'm not that guy. I'm not good looking enough, or smart enough, or interesting enough. You know, um, that's running through my head. And that I, I tend to talk a lot because I've got a lot going on. And sometimes I feel like. Maybe I'm dominating the conversation and she doesn't have a chance to talk. I mean, I just don't know. And I, and I think the overthinking does me in right um, constantly. Um, and online, but online also has its benefits because um, I can edit what I'm going to say. I can take the time to really formulate a response before, because that's another issue with, with, one-on-one with being uh, talking with somebody in person is I can't formulate my thoughts. It all comes out. So I don't have time to think, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? You know, it, you have to think fast. Uh, and I think for people on the spectrum, that's really difficult. Um, and, and being judged and just, it just, I, I feel judged because I know I'm different and I, and I'm, I'm very conscious and aware that I'm different for most people. And it's not a good thing. And um, I don't know. I, that, I think that's what makes people interesting. I wish everybody thought that way. And, and maybe it's just my anxiety talking. But I, I feel a lot of people will judge you um, still because of stigma on mental illness or being on the spectrum or, or what have you. There's a lot of judgment. And um, sometimes I don't know what's real in the sense of like, I don't know. Like, it's almost like a... Um, What's the word I'm thinking of? Um, a delusion. Like, am, are they? Do they really not like me? Is it paranoia, or or is it in my head? You know, what's what's reality, and and what's my mind telling me? So I at this point, it's I, in I, your I, head. That's what I tell. It's in your head. 
It's anxiety. I'm telling you both. It's in your head. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. It's in your head. And I'm picky on who I'm friends with. So it's in your head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> James, like, whatever. No, but it is. It's in your head. People, yeah, you guys are easily liked. It's, it's lying. It's, it's a liar. It just lies to you. Like, no one likes you. You're not good enough. And we're on the radio. Um, and it's, um, it's just, it just lies to you constantly. Yeah. yeah. Kirk, what do you think? Well, I, I, I typically like to chime in. Uh, yes. and so I just now we can all sure. dialogue here. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that they, you know, could finish what they were saying. So for That's me, really nice. um, hold on. And on that thought, Dave has often said that he was bullied by a lot of men and don't like to, it's hard for him to have conversations with other males. So surprise, I did this on purpose. Listening, <laughs> listening always helps. And, you know, um, I, I wanted to comment on a couple of things. So one, uh, what James was saying about online, uh, not knowing how, people talk. Uh, one thing that has helped me tremendously because I have to communicate constantly with people uh, via text and email. Uh, one thing that I use all the time are emojis. Uh, and it's the only way I can give uh, context to what I'm saying. Because I can say one sentence and if I put a period at the end, you never know if that's, a, you know, I'm trying to say something nice or if it's harsh. So a lot of times I'll put in a smiley face. Um, and you, have a, like, you have an order of them, Kirk. It's oh yes. got to be a heart, smiley heart, or flower, star, flower, because of the OCD kicking in. It's got to yes. be three. There's always three. And well, throughout, the, throughout the message, usually like if I have a sentence here uh, that it might come off There's a pattern. maybe wrong, I'll put like a smiley face. And then, of course, at the bottom, I, yeah, I have yeah. to have my three. Uh, the so. three. They interchange, but there's the three. They're usually oh, just the. You make me uh, you make me feel self-conscious if I don't have three that go in a pattern <laughs> or a design. I'm like, uh, I'm breaking the pattern here. I, I actually try breaking the pattern because that's I, I usually do the stars. It sun, would bother star, you. The sun, stars, sun, and so now you know every once in a while I'll do the sun or the sunflower sun. Um, it it kind of depends. I try to break it up just to help with I double OCD. dog dare you just to do two instead of three one day oh I've done that I have to delete stuff or retext it uh it's hilarious <laughs> uh, if, I, if I click in two it's like okay I gotta do three now um, but I'm talking so, like you know the emojis like at the end of every text it has like a flower a like a flower a smiley or whatever yeah like yeah. The, you know the little pictures <laughs> like inside of a heart or whatever at the well, end of every text every text what David said to it could about, be like cool, good job. Be I'll be there. There's still yeah. the emojis. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, I think we all get into different patterns, and we all have some uniqueness. I don't think there's anything wrong with being strange or different. I think right. that being individualized, and um, I think there was a tweet that I did a long time ago that had like a three uh, emojis. Is like a, a no? It's a piece of broken glass, and it was really pretty because the way the light was hitting it and. Um, you can, you know, they had the, uh, I think there was one before it was broken and one afterwards. And it's a lot prettier once it was broken. And so my tweet was about the fact that, you know, a lot of times when, if we have this perfect object and we're a perfect human being, that doesn't necessarily make us more interesting. Um, I think the complexities and difficulties that we struggle through are actually kind of what shape us. Um, I did not struggle much with social anxiety 
when I was younger. Um, and most of that was because it was overridden by the bipolar. Um, mm. So I would go through phases. So when I would hit like a depression, um, then instantaneously uh, I would have major problems socially. I just wouldn't be able to go out. Um, uh, the manias would, uh, I didn't even have an idea of a social cue. Uh, as the manias kind of grew, I would just get intense, aggressive. Um, so what happened, once I got that under control, then all of a sudden the OCD and the generalized anxiety came flying into view. Um, hypersensitivity has always been an issue with me. Uh, that's why I wear, you know, cotton. I pretty much have to wear cotton t-shirts. Like even a collar uh, will drive me crazy if it's mm -hmm. just touching there or if, say one ear gets too hot. Like right now there's the sun kind of coming in and hitting one side. It's driving me crazy. I want to go grab some ice just so I can even things out. So, you know, the hypersensitivity is, is something that, um, and the social anxiety, all of those are factors. And I think everybody has some social anxiety. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't have any. Um, I think, uh, and also David, a lot of what you described reminded me a lot more of my, what I suffer from, which is generalized anxiety, which is, you know, if I do something, let's say, you know, I'll, I'll leave the house, uh, I'll sit there and I'll worry the entire day. Did I lock it? Uh, did I close the garage door? Um, sometimes I have to drive back three times because I keep, you know, panicking about it. Or if I talk to somebody, uh, if I send a text, did this mean this? Did this mean this? And those thoughts are so intrusive, they get really difficult to deal with. And so mm -hmm. for, for me, I, I have to just take a step back. Um, and a lot of times just, uh, you know, one thing that I definitely do is whenever I'm upset, um, I always, uh, I have a few people that I'll send a text to, um, and say, what do you think about this? How could I reword this? Um, so I utilize, you know, my, my mom all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. she's, uh, no, I love your mom. Been, she's awesome. And I, I've been very, very, uh, blessed to have, you know, a family structure, that was helpful. Not everybody has that. And I don't think I would be alive without that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, uh, I hey, like get this Kirk before we get too far away from it. Ryan Walter said a report on NPR said a study that confirmed that people who use a lot of emojis have more sex. That's me using more emojis. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm sitting there going, I, it's hard for me to use one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. Um, well, you know, that's pretty funny. You know, the one thing I but do want to say Karen Vidya using a lot of emojis on our post <laughs> on Facebook Live. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think... Keep up uh, with the emojis, guys. Now we know why. I, I do want to kind of just finish off by saying, you know, I think... Uh, every time we kind of struggle and we are honest with somebody. So let's say you're going out on a date or it's a relationship with a friend or a family member. When you're truly honest and you're open, people see it and they know it. And I think a lot of times with social anxiety, people try to hide the fact that they're anxious or they try to hide the fact that they have these issues. And the, when the more you try to hide who you are, the more, more nervous. Hurts. Yeah. The more yeah, nervous you get. It's painful. And so um, I just have always done better just being who I was. Now, a lot of that was not totally under my control. 
Um, and I do take uh, medication for the OCD and anxiety. So, you know, I've cut that back a lot uh, from, well, by about 75% uh, or more, at least this year. Um, with the pandemic starting back up, uh, my everything just went haywire. So yeah, I've had so to I go get back to up that. a little bit. Yeah. I want to get to that yeah. too, coming up, like how um, the pandemic has triggered mm -hmm. even all of this and it exacerbated and accelerated it for like, all of us and changed things for a lot of people too mm -hmm. and how we cope. And, but it's time for our second break. So um, when we come back, we'll get to more of that. I want some more Facebook Live comments and we can get to that. And also callers to call in 866-826-1340, 866-826-1340. And we'll be back with Moments of Clarity in just a moment. Please stay tuned. We will return to Moments of Clarity with Tiffany Warner after these messages. This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. Are you looking for a great book? If you like to root for the underdog, Joe Potosi's book is a book for you. A real American odyssey that will grab your attention with its fast-moving narrative. You won't be able to put this masterpiece down. When the Dust Settled by Joe Potosi. Go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Zulin Press. Please visit the website at momentsofclaritywithtiffany.com to view blog posts and resources on this site to help educate and inspire you to take action because there's no shame in seeking help for mental health. While you're there, please take a few seconds to sign up for my email list. You'll get some extremely valuable educational and entertaining content that can be sent right to your inbox each week. Plus, you'll also get instant and free access to my guide on managing your anxiety. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to your show because change can only come when we stand together as one now back to moments of clarity with tiffany werner hi and welcome back and if you're just tuning in this is moments of clarity my name is tiffany werner i'm a licensed mental health counselor and i'm your host and today we're discussing social anxiety hypersensitivity and and how it really affects people and and the challenges people face with it uh, with me is david aguilera kirkpatrick miller and james prescott thank you all for being here and um, and so right before the break, we um, we were saying about how this pandemic, the COVID virus, and then of course everything else on top of everything um, has affected us. Um, I'm going to start with the pandemic, though. Myself personally, I had to stop seeing clients face to face in my private practice. Everyone's wearing a mask. Um, we're worried about our loved ones that are high risk at home. I have a child with a heart defect. Um, uh, it's it was scary, scary, scary. It is scary, and um, everyone's you know quarantined, staying at home, working from home. Uh, I have to see clients virtually, um, as do a lot of doctors and everything, and self care, and then all of the all of the things um, that have recently happened. The horrible riots are the horrible horrible incident that's caused all of these things um, where people aren't social distancing and also just not wearing masks and in stores and things since it's been going on so long, not everyone's as hypersensitive about it or hypervigilant, um, which makes me more nervous to leave my house and <laughs> go out in public and go to the store just because just because I have a mask on doesn't mean everyone else does or everyone else is practicing safe practices I'm talking more about the COVID than anything and um, and it's caused me a little bit of anxiety to be out when I used to only be outside around people you know like 
concerts, parties, anything, extrovert. And now it's changing that a little bit, at least in my head for now. And so um, I think a lot of people are getting kind of a sense of what it feels like to be socially anxious because now we're that we're scared of catching some incurable virus, you know, that people are dying. And what do you guys think about that? It's a terrifying experience. Mm-hmm. David, what how did David you feel? You, yeah, David had something happen yesterday that caused a lot of anxiety. You want to share that? Yeah. Um, so I'm fortunate to be with my family. And so they've been going grocery shopping and doing all this stuff. So I really have not gone anywhere since the pandemic. So, and I am, um, like I said, I already have social anxiety. So I kind of was happy when they said, oh, you have to stay home because that's like the dream come true because, you know, I don't have to deal with people or go to big events. Anyways, I went to the grocery store with my mom and I started to freak out because half the people were not wearing masks. And I was, I felt angry and I felt upset and I had, mm-hmm. you know, like an anxiety attack. And I felt as though, well, the mask is, is protecting, I'm protecting them by wearing the mask. So I'm doing a service to my community. So for them not to wear a mask, I felt as though they were putting me at risk. So, uh, and then people get close to you, you know, because you're in the aisle, it's crowded, people, they are. they're not practicing social distancing. And so you start to feel like uh, claustrophobic, you start to feel trapped, you know, and it's a very frustrating experience because I think for those of us with anxiety, we want to be in control, have some kind of control. And this feels out of my control. And it reminds me of when I was a little kid and I used to have anxiety attacks in the grocery store and people looking at you, you know, um, and giving you looks and stuff like that. And that's exactly how I felt yesterday because I was visibly upset. Um, but I don't apologize for being angry because um, we all have to look out for one another. And I don't think it's right or fair for somebody to put my life at risk. Like I understand that people have their rights, but you don't have a right to get me sick. So, and, and I don't even see it as a political issue because I, I, I try not to talk about politics, but I see it as a health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, people have turned it into a political issue. And um, I live in a, a, a city, a, part, a city and in part of a city that is very, very uh, conservative. So people don't, don't feel the need to wear a mask. And, um, and, and I posted on Facebook and then people try to shut you down and it just adds to the anxiety. Um, so it was a really rough day yesterday. And I told you, Tiffany, I said, I'm really upset. And, you know, and, um, yeah, absolutely. You guys, we have a caller. We have a caller, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for calling in. Welcome to Moments of Clarity. Hi, thank you for having me on. I Hi. wanted to go back to something that was said before on social anxiety. Hey, first time caller, huh? Thanks so much for calling in. I don't know this voice. Um, so. I related to what was said. There's times when I think I made a mistake with my friends or, and it could be something just totally innocuous and stupid, and I'll be rocking on my bed, just in so much pain, thinking that I screwed something up when it's just so stupid. James, you look like you can relate to this. You want to help? Absolutely. This has happened to me so often. Um, Jennifer, yeah, you're definitely not alone in this, where I've had a message or a, 
uh, read an email or something, and I've just please like, speak up, James. Sorry. Well, I've had I've had times where I've had messages and emails uh, and read them and began overthinking them or misunderstood them on and late at night when I'm tired. Uh, especially, it makes it even worse. And yeah, it can be really, really painful and really upsetting. And you feel really alone and you feel really vulnerable um, because you don't know, you know, um, especially if it's from somebody that you feel like you you trust and you're, you've been vulnerable with, uh, even more so. Um, it can be, it can, it can be, it can become overwhelming for sure. Uh, and yeah, so you're not definitely not alone in that, Jennifer. Uh, I definitely have experience of that myself. Yeah. Jennifer, one thing that uh, I, I did want to say is you, the last part of your statement, um, you were pretty hard on yourself. And I, I think it's, it's really important to remember that uh, you're, first of all, like uh, James was saying, you're not alone, number one. Number two, it's okay uh, to worry about um, how you affect other people. That's, that's actually not a bad thing to have. Um, what's hard is that when it starts kind of getting in the way of your, your just daily life and it, it kind of cascades and it becomes something so huge that, you know, there, it can't escape your mind. So once it starts overtaking your life, that's when it's, it's hard. Um, is there anybody in your family that you can reach out to? Um, have you looked into breathing techniques, um, anything or, uh, gone to talk to a mental health uh, counselor uh, regarding even just, you know, dietary uh, changes. Uh, you know, some people don't want to do medication. Um, there are some things that, you know, possibly can help. There's been a lot of studies with fish oil and some of the other things like, uh, um, at least in terms of, you know, a little bit more, uh, I guess, a little less stress. Um, CBD. Exactly. There's other options out there if you if you want to stay away from medications. But have you? Uh, do you have anybody in your life that you can reach out to? Yeah, I've got a really good support system. I'm bipolar as well. And, okay, um, I understand you. Yeah, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and anxiety disorder and complex PTSD. So I think be, being close to people is hard. So I think I don't. Not necessarily that I don't deserve their friendship, but I'm afraid of losing it. Or if I feel like I wasn't in control of myself or I did something stupid, I'm afraid I'm going to lose the friendship. So it's, it's incredibly painful, even though later they're like, well, that was so stupid. We didn't even think twice about it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm hurting anybody. Right. I think um, what we were talking about earlier about being honest, it's to be honest with your friends and to say, hey, you know, I'm feeling this way. You know, I was, I'm a little bit anxious. Um, and you said this last week. Can you, like, clarify what, what's going on? Just because I feel like, and people are, I think people do appreciate that. I think when we're honest with those around us, um, because I know I've had times where I said, hey, you know, I, like, I don't know what's going on. And the person clarified it, and I, and I was able to go, oh, okay, it was in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or, and then the other person says, I thought you were mad at me, <laughs> you know, and, and right. it's all, it's all perception, right? Um, because I think we're not as bad as we think we are. I think we don't give ourselves credit enough, uh, enough credit. Um, and for me, everyone's different, but I, I find writing 
like journaling and writing to be huge to get all this process, all those feelings out. Mm -hmm. That really helps me tremendously. It's good advice. A lot of times, and what um, on Facebook Live, Karen Padilla says it's difficult for those of us that deal with insecurities and self-esteem issues, but that's all part of a healing process as well, unless someone has a specific disorder. And my advice also is um, if you feel like you're surrounded by people that you can't just be yourself around and you're feeling judged, you might be having the wrong set of friends, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they say you can't please everybody, or right. can't please everyone, so you got to please yourself. Like, I don't know. You, you got to be able to be around people that love you for who you are and that you know will accept you for your mistakes and love you for your faults, not in spite of them, and where you don't have to try to try so hard to not be, you know, you. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people that are you're kind of crazy, so to speak, <laughs> like, that would love you <laughs> as know. is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then it's like, you know, like there's, there's, there's billions of people. <laughs> <laughs> you all get it. It's like when you said I live with bipolar curse right thing. Oh, I understand you now. Like I mean, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you need to change. Maybe you need to change the people around you if you're not feeling like you're you know, that you're able to be yourself. Um I would say one more thing, you know, Jennifer, what one aspect, uh I think it was maybe two years ago or three years ago, I had a really, really bad experience on uh Twitter because there was a really a person that I looked up to and thought was a really trusted individual. Um, there were actually mm-hmm. two of them. One of them I have mended things with and we we're awesome. The other uh, person kind of, uh, you know, cut me off and there wasn't an ability to figure out why, why did this happen? It was just such a, an aggressive and a, uh, from that experience, what I decided I was going to do is I was not going to, ever say things that I was ever going to be ashamed of. I wasn't going to post anything I would ever be ashamed of. I didn't want to hurt anybody ever. Um, it was a long journey and that was three years ago. Um, and I think last year is the first year that I didn't have a single text that I sent that was mean. Um, I didn't have a post, uh, everything that I do on social media is public. If I can't post it to everybody, there are times when I'll post something. Twitter is actually kind of my journal. So a lot of times I'll stick something up there and if I'm upset, I'll put it up and I'll just delete it right away. Um, it's kind of a way for me to like publicly voice something. But I always make sure, even if I'm angry or upset, um, that the words I'm using wouldn't ever come back to me in a way that I was embarrassed or ashamed of them. And by kind of like making sure I do that, um, it was a baby step process. but now I have a little bit less worry about what other people think because I know that if somebody dislikes me or sends me an angry message, it's not um, most likely because of me. And then if they do that, typically I'll reach out right away. One thing I would definitely tell people uh, you know, that are dealing with anxiety and social anxiety is the longer you wait, the worse it gets. Mm-hmm. So if you're That's worried totally. about something, reach out right away and do it very, you can do it kindly and just say, you know, did I do something to offend you? And if I did, I'm so sorry. Please communicate with me. It's most of the time, you-, you probably misunderstood. And I don't mean to cut you off, Kurt. We're out of time. So we got to two minutes morning here. And um, 
I want to say thank you to Jennifer and all of your advice is really Absolutely. great. And thank you for calling in and for taking the time to call in Jen. And, um, and I hope this helped and, and please be safe. And thank you so much. And for you guys all, thank you so much for the show. Do you have some last second words? Every time Ed pops up in the camera, I know he wants to say something. <laughs> Uh, it's like an oops. Uh, okay, so anyway, uh, David Aguilera, James Prescott, Kirk Patrick Miller, thank you so much for being on Moments of Clarity. Um, thank you for behind the scenes, for building Beyond Me, and for the MOC team. Everybody, so much. Thank you so much. Please follow us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash MOC with Tiffany. We're really trying to gain subscribers to end the stigma on mental health. And, um, and for everyone, be kind to yourself and a stranger. You never know what they're going through. And tomorrow I got Dr. David Sussman on. We're going to talk about ways to cope during mental health during the pandemic. And he's a great um, professor from University of Kentucky. He's awesome. So everyone have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for your time. Be kind to yourself and to uh, others. You never know what they're going through. Love yourself. And uh, see you guys tomorrow at noon. Bye. Don't put yourself down. Time for a change. Believe in yourself. Time to rearrange. Be your best friend. Bring hope to your day. Lose your critic. Get out of your way. Now it clicks. Moments of clarity. Now I hear. Moments of clarity. Now I get it. Moments of clarity To yourself be kind It will please your mind